This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1702. Seven Tips for Creating Confidence in Kids by Beth Brown with LiveHappy.com. Hello, everybody. Hello, parents. And welcome back to another episode here on ORD. I'm your host, Greg Audino, back with you once again to read another article that can help educate and rejuvenate you as a parent as we do each Thursday and Friday. So let's get right into it today and start optimizing your life. Seven Tips for Creating Confidence in Kids by Beth Brown with LiveHappy.com Self-improvement doesn't necessarily mean we'll always win, but it does give us the opportunity to thrive. The most consistent finding in peak performance literature is the direct, positive relationship between confidence and success. Research doesn't say success causes confidence, but it clearly tells us that the outstanding performers are confident. Confidence is all about believing in ourselves. It's having realistic faith that we can make anything happen, fulfill our dream, and reach our goal. Society teaches us that we need to have successful results to become confident, and it's natural to pass that belief on to our kids and youth sport team members. But what if I said that confidence can be created through an intentional process that doesn't have to be solely based on winning the game, match, or tournament? Brain science tells us that confidence is a choice. Helping kids choose to create their confidence doesn't guarantee that they'll always play great, but it does give them the best opportunity to perform closer to their potential and have more fun. Apply the following seven tips for creating confidence in kids and youth sport team members. Reinforce and reward effort. Sometimes it's easier to reinforce effort during practice than during competition, when we naturally tend to focus more on outcomes like scoring a goal in soccer. By creating a plan to emphasize effort during competition and reward effort after competition, you will increase levels of motivation and fun. How? Predetermine regular intervals, like the end of a quarter or halftime, to check in with the kids and ask them to rate their effort. Develop a system to reward effort, like a hustle award, and not just outcomes, such as stickers for making touchdowns. And, on the car ride home, Ask younger kids if they tried their hardest, and ask older kids to rate their effort on a scale from 1 to 10. Focus on self-improvement. One of the top three reasons kids play sports is to improve. To help kids improve, we need to create a mastery-oriented environment where they feel successful when they learn something new or experience skills improvement. A mastery-oriented environment is about me versus myself, rather than me compared to others. When kids improve skills, they also build their confidence. We can help kids accomplish both by creating optimal levels of challenge or opportunities requiring them to stretch one level beyond their current skill or aptitude. We can model what we do after the video game industry, which gradually increases levels of challenge to keep kids engaged and build skills and confidence in the process. How? Track and celebrate progression by charting and sharing important statistics in your sport Ask kids to set up a practice activity or game to create their own level-up challenge. And record videos of kids swinging, throwing, shooting, etc. to show them visible skill improvement over time. Celebrate the good and great. Emotions are like a highlighter on the brain. We best recall experiences attached to strong emotions, whether positive or negative. The more we help kids store positive memories by celebrating the good and great, 
the more they'll be able to recall those positive memories the next time they need them. Keeping in mind that celebrating may be visible on the outside, in the form of a high-five or fist bump, but it also happens on the inside, through positive self-talk and imagery. How? Ask kids how they plan to celebrate the good and the great. Have them show you how they plan to visibly celebrate. And for older kids, help them determine what they plan to imagine or say to themselves to help store positive memories. At the start of each practice, have team members show you how they'll celebrate the good and the great. And during practice, or throughout the day, catch kids doing something right. Model and develop a growth mindset. Dr. Carol Dweck coined the phrase and wrote a book about the growth mindset, which is seen in kids who believe new skills can be developed through practice, embrace challenges as opportunities to learn, and think effort is essential. On the contrary, kids with a fixed mindset think skills are something you're born with, avoid challenges out of fear of failure, and believe effort is something you do when you're not good enough. Her research shows young people with a growth mindset continually outperform young people who have a fixed mindset. How? Be intentional about modeling the use of the phrases yet and not yet. And teach kids to use these phrases as they're developing skills. For example, I am on the right track, but I'm not there yet. And I may not be good at biking yet, but I will keep improving with practice. Practice confident body posture. Research tells us that our physiology can affect our psychology. That is, how we sit and stand, as well as our facial expressions, can trigger chemicals in our body which affect how we think and feel. For example, sitting up straight in a chair gives us more confidence in our thoughts. Two minutes of power poses a day can boost feelings of confidence. And choosing to smile can help us feel happier. How? Have your child or team members create their own power pose a physical position they stand in when they feel confident. Challenge them to use their power pose throughout practice or their school day. Lead an activity where kids experiment with different facial expressions. Ask them to notice how they feel. Encourage them to incorporate a facial expression into their power pose. And help team members develop and practice a confident walk. Ask them to think about a performer in their sport or activity who is confident, and then not confident, and walk around the room like they are that person. Give specific, skill-based feedback. Coaches tend to give a different type and frequency of feedback to players they perceive to have different levels of ability. When we have expectations that a young person is good or has the potential to be a high performer, we tend to give improvement-focused feedback more often. On the flip side, when we believe a young person is not very good or doesn't have potential, we give less feedback, and it's usually good job feedback that doesn't help them improve. How we give feedback can contribute to a self-fulfilling prophecy where good performers get better and poor performers don't. How? Be intentional about giving specific, skill-based feedback in similar doses to each of your kids or team members. Increase your awareness of how you give feedback by asking your spouse or significant other or coaching colleagues what they notice. Also, if you're a coach, videotape yourself coaching in practice. At the end of a class or practice, take five minutes to get feedback from students or team members. Ask what they learned today and what feedback you gave them that will help them improve. Listen to what they say and provide specific, skill-based feedback if needed. And, based on the day's objectives, create a coaching or teaching cue card to carry in your pocket. 
Look at the card as a reminder to provide specific skill-based feedback to each kid or team member, regardless of their current skill level. Reframe mistakes, or losing, as learning. There are countless stories about great performers who have failed, messed up, or lost hundreds or thousands of times. They've been coached, or learned on their own, that failures and setbacks are essential for growth and development. The more we can support kids as they make mistakes and help them reframe losing as learning versus losing and failing, the more they will persist and improve. Helping kids separate who they are from how they perform can increase their motivation and retention. How? Share examples of well-known athletes, artists, or musicians who failed before they became highly successful. For example, Hall of Famer Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. Thomas Edison made 1,000 unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb. And Oprah Winfrey was once demoted from co-anchor to a writing and reporting position. Challenge kids to think about other sports or areas of life that they're currently good or great at. Ask them to share how good they were when they first started and what they've done to improve. Make the connection between effort, practice, and skill development. And after every performance, tell your kids or team members how much you enjoyed watching them play, regardless of the outcome. Getting confidence from winning games or hearing positive statements from others is great when it happens. However, it's almost always outside of our circle of control. By intentionally and consistently applying these seven tips for creating confidence, you can help your kids and youth sport team members create confidence today, rather than wait to get confidence that may never arrive. You just listened to the post titled, Seven Tips for Creating Confidence in Kids by Beth Brown with LiveHappy.com. And a lot of really wonderful information shared by Beth today in this one. Thanks a lot to her for that. I really love the note she ended on most, though, in which she was starting to draw comparisons for kids. And mind you, I think a lot of these principles are perfectly effective for adults as well. But, you know, she was saying, reminding them of famous people that they look up to and how they failed. Reminding them of times in their own lives in which they've overcome adversity when they swore they never could. I'm inclined to think that this type of approach would be particularly effective because although we tend to think poorly of comparison like as a society, especially as a source of motivation or a source for motivation, it will always be a necessary tool for us. Comparing ourselves to others, though it can be unhealthy, can be very healthy as well as it does help us to define our identities and even see potential in ourselves. One thing that we all really share is this desire not to be first, but more importantly, to not be last. It goes a long way to be made to feel as though we haven't been left behind. So the more we can relate and compare to ourselves and others and reaffirm the idea that the world has not moved on without us, the more connected and confident we can feel. This holds true for children and adults alike, as I said. So, keep that in mind as you navigate these waters for yourself or help your children to do it in their own lives. It's time to get going for now, everyone. But thanks to you and thanks once again to Beth for the article today. Enjoy your Friday, parents, and be sure to tune in tomorrow for another post, where your optimal life awaits. <laughs>